Hey everybody, welcome to New Dad, Newer Dad. This is episode number 64. I am here. Oh, I'm a, a second week in a row. I've messed that up. You'll get it eventually, I'm rookie. I'm Eric Smith, and I am here as always with Dustin Lopez. Dustin, how are you? I'm I'm actually really good today, Eric. I um got a couple hours with the kid this afternoon and um you know, I uh I'm I was really PO'd this morning. I pay, I posted on Facebook about healthcare costs again and um got it all out there and felt very validated. Um so I'm I'm you know, excited about um what do they say about commiserating with you, with people that are in the same boat as you? Just like, so, but I, I feel good. Yeah. It's a good okay, day. Good, good. I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm happy for me too. Okay. So you, you had a couple hours today with Mateo, right? Yeah. Um, Can well, I ask you a question? Yeah. How many photo shoots do you guys do? Well, okay. So that's funny you ask that because really, um, today, Melissa did a photo shoot. Um, that's why Eric's asking the question. Um, and and what happened was was that we had always talked about how stupid these mommy and me sessions were. And you know, um, when it came time for Mateo to have something like that, um, Melissa was like, "Oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to do that." And da 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 da. And of course, I surprised her last year and i had her do one and she was so happy that she did it and she was thrilled um and and she was like i i love these photos i'm gonna love these photos forever and sometimes you know you just you go through life and you think oh i'm not going to be that parent or oh i'm not going to do that or i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna hate that or i hate that and then you do it and you're like i love it it's kind of like when I ate Brussels sprouts, like my dad always told me how much he hate, hated Brussels sprouts. And so mm-hmm. I hated Brussels sprouts. And um, and I don't know why I hated Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts are delicious, especially like if you're getting some greenhouse tavern, which is no longer around like Brussels sprouts, right? Like just delicious, delicious stuff. And and so, she, you know, I said, well, you know, it's a pandemic and everything, but I feel like if she doesn't have it with Solomon, she's going to really regret it. And so um, I called a, our, a friend of ours who does a lot of our photos. And I said, Julie, we, you got to hook us up. You know, I know you don't have any more availability. You're, you're socially distant. You're, you're taking, you know, less sessions and stuff to limit exposure. And um, she's like, no, dude, I got you. We're going to fit it in. So she fitted in today and um, I took some time away from work. Everybody knows how hard that is for me. And I uh, just hung out with Mateo um, until nap time. And, um, and Melissa went and did her session. And um, she did not wear what I had thought she would wear. Um, I'll wait to post the pictures when we get them back. Um, very interesting photos. And um, we'll see how everybody likes them. <laughs> so, gentlemen, ladies, take care of your significant other. Make sure that. Um, you surprise them every once in a while. I think that's important. Does that answer your question? Yep. Yeah, I wasn't listening. Can you repeat that? Very funny. I actually, um, one thing that happened for, I, I think pretty much the first time today with Mateo, um, I, 
he was up from his nap and I was just sitting at the computer down here. And um, I went up into his room and he was just sitting there. And like, I don't think that he was awake yet, but he was awake. He was like half awake. Mm. Have you ever had one of those things happen with the kids? Finish what you're saying because I don't know what he you're going to... He had an epic meltdown, man. Oh, oh yeah. So this like, happens I don't think if... he was ready to wake up. If Bo falls asleep like in the car or something, yeah, and we get home, um, it's gonna be a problem if he if he has to wake up, yeah, or if he falls asleep like on the couch just like hanging out, and he has to wake up, yeah, it's not it's not good. What is it's, that? It's it's like ninety five percent of the time it's just awful for about an hour after we're that after that. That's cray. Yeah. I wasn't happy. And I was trying to do a, a Zoom meeting at, at the same time. Melissa decided to go shopping after her session and stuff. It was just like um Mateo's birthday's coming up, so lots of big things happening. Yeah, that's what is that next week? On Sunday. Oh. What yeah. are you guys what are you guys doing? To be honest with you, um we're we're kind of laying low. We're not doing any family party or anything like that. My parents are coming in from Nashville, um, and my sister is as well. We're gonna go to Lake Farm Park. I don't know if you've heard of Lake Farm Park. Mm-hmm. Given that you're a West Sider, um, but Lake Farm Park, and um, then Mateo's gonna take an, his afternoon nap, and then at um, at three thirty, we're going up to the fire station, and he gets to sit in a fire truck and you know push the horn and all that kind of junk and um meet the firefighters and um that's kind of it doesn't sound like laying low i don't know i mean i i i just like i grew up having like a lot of family birthday parties where like all my aunts and uncles and all my cousins were there Mm. and um i don't know i just kind of imagined him growing up in the same environment but it's just not that way yeah June and I were talking about birthdays because, I mean, everybody's birthday is coming up, but she was like, we have to do something for Quinn. I'm like, no, it's your second birthday. We don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like thinking back to growing up and I was like, I can remember one birthday party that I had myself. And that was like, that was almost like nothing. It was a surprise. I think it was 10th birthday. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, my mom said like, oh, your your friend's going to come over and play. And then he came over and then other friends started like being dropped off. And I was like, what's going on here? And then we, we got in the, the station wagon and went to McDonald's and ate at McDonald's and played in the play place and then went home and played. And that was it. That was like, like, cause I, I know there's, friends I have that have like a birthday party or had a birthday party every year. I just never did. When I have, I don't have any cousins. I have, I have no cousins. Uh, yeah. See, I had big family birthday parties. I I went to a few birthday parties. I think I put my pants at one. Yeah. It's probably, yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, I think that's just a rite of passage. Yeah. For anybody with IBS. Or just a kid. <laughs> I did have one birthday party at the movie theater. Yeah. Did you ever go to one of those? Oh, I think uh, I 
think I remember my dad taking the friends on the street to a movie one year. I think we went to see. I, I, this is this will age me. Um, I really wanted to go see Powder. Do you remember Powder? Yeah. But he took us instead. Uh, he took us to see Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. <laughs> How old were you? Um, I mean that was probably ninety five or ninety six. So they were both out at. We can con- yeah. confirm this by them being out at the same time. Wow. So you were like 11 years old? Okay, Powder was released October 27th, 1995, which is a week and some change ahead of my birthday. And Ace Ventura was November 10th. There you go. It was two days after my birthday. Wow. Um, I think my parents made a good choice, even though it was probably <laughs> like, probably not the best choice to bring 12-year-olds to see. Well, I was 12. I was the oldest one. And all the other kids were like two or three years younger or four years younger than me. So Powder didn't I'm do not, too well at the box office, I, by the I'm way. Not, I'm not sure the parents appreciated my parents bringing them to the kids to see Ace Ventura too. Probably not, but probably a better you know long-term memory because Powder only made $9.5 million at the box office. Yeah, it looks terrifying. Yeah, not a good, not a good, not a good movie. I don't know why I wanted to see it so bad. For some reason, I really wanted to see it. Um, and, you, and you know what? I've never seen it. <laughs> well, then there. But you really remember it well. <laughs> Was that weird that I? And I remember going to birthday parties at the bowling alley in. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. In, in Bay Village, and the the whoever's, whoever's birthday it was would 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 get the, a pin. I'll sign it. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I don't remember having birthday parties besides like my family and going or going out to eat with my grandma or something. So yeah, it's. I mean, I just. I don't. I don't feel the need to give these kids a party every year. I'm like, let's do like five, ten, and then see what happens after that. Yeah, for sure. One, one, five, ten. I don't know. I just like the fact that I can't have like I have four aunts and uncles on my one side, a couple on the other side, um, you know, grandparents and stuff like that, like are still around. I don't know. I just it's um, I want to say it's sad. It's just. I, I wish I was able to give him a, a proper birthday party or something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mandy, my my oldest had a birthday party at the theater she paid two hundred and fifty dollars to see the emoji movie. <laughs> Bandy. Oh my god. Do you are you a fan of Mike White? Me? Do you even like the emoji movie? It's uh this is a, a joke that only Mandy will get. So it's it relates to Survivor and also the emoji movie. Uh, you know Mike White. Do I? I don't know. He he was he wrote uh, School of Rock and he was he was actually the what's his name Schneble in the movie. I don't know. He he was Dicky or whatever his name is Dewey's Dewey's roommate who was the teacher who couldn't go to work. Wait, are you talking to me or Mandy? I'm talking to you. I don't know this movie. School of Rock with Jack Black. It's Jack Black's oh, best movie. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm okay. explaining to you who Mike White is. Okay. He was in that movie. Andy wrote the movie. 
But he also worked for he, oh, yeah. he he worked for two weeks on the Emoji movie, and and then he was on Survivor a couple of years ago, and and he got into it with, um, Rob Rob Sesternino on Rob's podcast because Rob would ask people if he liked the if they liked the Emoji movie. They kept bringing up this horrible thing he did. Anyways, um, yeah, yeah, I went to so my sister rented out the theater last week. I think of here it's only like 125 bucks or something uh, to go see Empire Strikes Back on Friday. Oh, nice. So that was awesome. I took Bo. He was not nearly as well behaved this time as he was at Lion King. Well, it's a little more abstract for him maybe. Yeah, he didn't really know what was going on. He was Right. Uh, but it was all just people that my sister knew, so nobody really cared that he was talking the whole time or or peekabooing everybody hmm. running running around in the dark. By the but, way, you just reminded me of throw. Go ahead, sorry, I don't mean. No, that. no, I'm I'm done. Um, I was gonna say, um, you, I don't use maybe Empire Strikes Back or something like that, but like, I was um, I was recently I was like looking up like something about Saved by the Bell. Mm. Oh, because I I have an acquaintance that was a writer for Saved by the Bell. And, um, and he, and so I was looking up his name on like IMDB or something like that. And I thought, oh, I forgot about the time that like they were working at like a beach club. And, How can you forget? Those are like the, the, um, well, I mean, it's not like I'm like watching Saved by the Bell, like every, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Whatever. The, the Carosis, Stacy Carosis. And yeah. the funny part is, is that Zach's girlfriend. Okay. The Aremini. Yeah, like what? Like that was like so weird to like put that together. You never, you never knew that. I mean, I know it now. But, I mean, that was just something like, that I don't know. I and this is pop culture just sticks with me no matter what. Like I always, from when I was a little kid, like I always knew who was the voice of everything. Mm-hmm. Speaking of um, Ernie. Ernie Sabato or whatever his name is, he was Mr. Carosi. Yeah, he played, he played Pumbaa in the Lion yeah, King, which is sure. my favorite. I knew um, that. Oh, yeah, that's, I, why, that's why it came up because uh-huh. he was in something else. He was in a Seinfeld episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that kind of stuff stuck with me always. Like I, I don't forget faces when I watch TV or movies, and then I, I connect all the dots all the time throughout my life. It's great. It's weird. Hmm. So. Leah Remini was always just a person in my brain from a very young age. Yeah. But those were the, the, what are they, they called those something like not specifically, but like the summer, whatever. See, it's not even really part of like saved by the bell. Yeah. 89 to 92. It's, it's part of, you know, maybe the college years or something. I don't know. No, it's before the college years. So what do they call it? It was just Saved by the Bell, but it was just a whole season of them during the summer at this beach club. And it was just that one season. Mm-hmm. So was that season five? Right before the college years? Yeah, I don't know. What's your most iconic Saved by the Bell episode? I always liked the one where they they were going to the, the adult club. Was it the attic or something? Oh, yes. And then... They had these like inflatable dudes that would <laughs> that were dressed like them that would pop up on their their inflatable mattresses. 
and they they ripped off their pajamas yeah into into their suits that they were wearing like like very um Roxbury's night of the Roxbury suits mm-hmm. with the black t-shirt underneath and a like shiny <laughs> save a little season three man Dennis Haskins really going going hard on the acting lately a season three so third season of season, season bell aired but uh, period it contained 26 episodes overall was followed by fourth and final season that was in the middle of everything? Yeah, during season three, Zach, Kelly, Slater, Screech, blah, blah, spend the summer at Malibu Sands Beach Club where Zach meets and falls in love with Stacey Carosi. Season oh, no. three. Stacey Carosi. So it was in the middle of that season. So they're like back and forth between the beach club and school. I guess it's so. Weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Doesn't look like there was really any continuity. Well... Shocking. I, I don't expect there to be. <laughs> um, I'm excited for the, the the Peacock reboot or whatever. What's that? Of Saved by the Bell. Is there a Peacock? They, Saved by the Bell? They've already filmed it. There's a trailer out for what? this new show. Yeah, with um, Slater's a, a teacher at the school, I believe. Um, First thing that pops up when you type in Peacock on Google is Peacock Saved by the Bell. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it actually looks kind of funny. It looks like a mixture of like 30 Rock and Save by the Bell. Or th- like 30 Rock and Degrassi. Degrassi. It looks oh, pretty maybe funny. I did see this actually. I, I saw this. Yes. Yeah. And Mandy said the, uh, of course, the I'm so excited episode. Um, I think that's a given. Is Mark Paul in this? He's he plays the dad of the main character who's like the governor of California. So so he has done very well for himself. Damn. And he's still married to Kelly. Mm-hmm. And Slater makes like a joke about dating his mom, the main character. Uh-huh. Um, I believe Jesse's in it as well as a teacher. Okay. Um, what else? We uh we have a deck being built finally in our backyard wow. after every possible thing going wrong and permits being screwed up and we have a frame now and we're just waiting on the deck boards to get here. Do you like the third person I've talked to in the last week that's having a deck built right now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dustin Diamond, of course not. He killed a guy. <laughs> Is he in jail? Not anymore. Man, that, that's got to be rough. Times this debate starting nine o'clock. Yeah. Are um, you really that interested? I'm a little bit interested. Plus, I can wash the dishes while I watch it. Because you have a TV in your um in your kitchen. Well, it's just one big. It's our room. It's the main room. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Well, I guess I'll let you get to it. What else? I mean, I'm not. I'm not. We don't have to. No, it's okay. I'm good. I can build I mean, a web page. Only recorded about twenty minutes so far. That's right. We'll pick it up. Uh, we'll pick it up after. And we are back. Um, a week later. I have a cold or allergies or something. Uh, Dustin's muted. For a second. And Dustin, you have you. You said you had topics last week. I'm assuming you want to talk about the same thing now. Yeah. Um, I have a pretty big topic. Um, I have a bunch of like smaller things, so I don't know if you want to do the big one first or if we, uh, 
want to record another half of an episode tonight, but um, yeah, I want to get some sleep because I'm sick. So we'll just do uh, the the big thing then, or I, I feel like some of this is time time sensitive. The smaller stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we can record later this week. I have Fridays open now, so. Well, I I'm working weddings every Friday and Saturday. Every Friday. Yeah, every Friday. Um, but that's all right. Um, well, I'll uh, you know what I'm going to do is um, I'm just going to hit on the big topic, and it will most likely flop. And um, then maybe we'll have time for some littler stuff. Okay. So um, there, I, I have this note in my phone. I've had this note in my phone for a few weeks now, actually. Um, now, uh, what's interesting about this is that um, by talking about this, it could get me into a lot of trouble. I'm hoping that it doesn't. Um, but to um, Melissa or your mom? Uh, it's funny you say that, um, because, uh, in therapy, um, the, the counseling that Melissa and I do, it's often brought up that those are the only two people's opinions that I really (laughs) value. So, um, anyway, uh, do you guys just want to talk to me? I'm much cheaper. Well, I'll just, I'll just put it out there. Melissa feels like oftentimes she is what we call default. Okay. So she's the default parent. And um, now this is something that I think we've both had to work through in terms of um, assigning roles and responsibilities. Like as new parents, I feel like that's really important. Um, And sometimes, you know, it's natural. I read somewhere recently like in the last month or two, that it's like natural to like try to find blame in your partner for everything that goes wrong. Oh, the the baby is not sleeping right. It must be your fault. The baby's this, the baby's that. Must be your fault, must be your fault. Um, And likewise, when we try to embrace a role in somebody uh, in what they're doing as provider or as nurturer or as caretaker or as whatever, um, we often... Uh, embrace that when it's convenient and then you know um, basically what ends up happening for most people is that they uh, say they have a problem uh, somewhere along the, the line and they say oh well this sucks I'm the default right or I'm this or I'm the I'm the I, I have to be the provider you don't understand what it's like right and um, I don't know I guess I just wanted to talk about with you if you find this in your in your relationship um, with your significant other, where one of you is the is you know one role, one of you is another role, and sometimes it feels like for the person that is in the role of caretaker, you know, is there a default in your family? So can you can you just explain to me a little bit more about how Melissa thinks she's the default, just so I know how it's being used? Yeah. So default is like. like give me an example. Yeah, a great example is um, actually what happened yesterday. Um, and remember, I've had this written down for weeks. And so I'm using yesterday as an example because it happened once again. Um, although Melissa reacted completely differently and in a very positive way yesterday. Um, so yesterday what happened was was that I had a 5 o'clock Zoom. Usually I'm done with work by 5, 5.30. I try to be. 
and I try to spend those next couple of hours before bedtime with the kids. Um, and then I can go and work and do whatever I need to after that. Um, so I didn't communicate this to Melissa that I, I had a five o'clock. Later in the day yesterday, I did. And I said, hey, I have a five o'clock. And it ended up lasting until almost seven o'clock. And so the default is that Melissa's taking care of the kids. It's not it, what I'm doing is I'm placing more emphasis as if what I'm doing is more important than what she needs to do. Mm-hmm. And taking care of the kids just defaults to her. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, at, at any point during your Zoom, did you like text her and be like, hey, this is running longer than I thought it was going to? No, she screamed like something. There was some emergency. Yeah. Um, and so I ran upstairs in the middle of my Zoom and was like, what's going on? And she goes, she says, are you going to be done soon? Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was really frustrating for a moment. But then I realized like how I had, I was clearly taking advantage, but not intentionally. Like it was something that needed to happen. Um, it was a, you know, very, 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 very important meeting. And um, I don't say that about a whole lot of meetings because a lot of the meetings that I take are pointless and frivolous and not don't really serve a point mm. uh, when all is said and done. Um, so in any case, I just thought I would, you know, talk about a little bit about that because um, there's a couple things that have happened in the last couple of weeks since I wrote this down. Melissa has been working through, you know, what does that mean to her and what does it mean to be default? And Melissa wants to have the time with the kids on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Fridays and purposefully doesn't schedule anything during those times um, so she can spend time with the kids. So I think one of the things that she's worked through and, you know, maybe we'll have her on sometime to talk about this, but she has this, she has, she's kind of come to peace with the fact that she is default and that's okay because she wants to be, and she can't just pick and choose when she wants to be caretaker you know to the kids it's like you are the default because you want to be the default for some reason i don't i don't like that term is that something did you make that up or did you see that somewhere no melissa made that well melissa i don't think melissa made it up i melissa just has assigned that term what would you call it i don't know do you have that in your relationship or in your family was that is that like with me and we've talked about this before with with me doing all the feeding at night and then i'm not getting any sleep um and then i get frustrated about it and then like it comes up later like oh yeah well it must be nice you get to sleep all night with your earplugs in is that is that this is that what we're talking about here well yeah i but guess for, it's just, just a form of, of it but you've structured it that way. So, you know, do you feel like you are the default in other situations? Like, for instance, if something goes wrong, like, you know, with the kids at daycare or something like that, are you the one that's going to go and just automatically be the one that goes and, and gets them, no matter how inconvenient it is to you, uh, you know, in most situations? Yeah, unless unless I'm at a wedding or something, yeah. And that's mostly because June doesn't answer her phone or texts. Um, so you're the default. I guess. How do you feel about that? 
I don't know. I'm, I've, I, I don't, I don't want to find negativity in, in the things that I, <laughs> I'm doing on a daily basis anyways, because I'm so stressed out and, um, but doesn't embracing it and, and understanding it and admitting it and, and, and like, you know, taking control of that, make it more manageable and make it less frustrating and make it better in some capacity. I don't know. Cause you guys, you guys are so like you live and die by your calendar, right? I mean, not, I mean, I mean, but you, but you do like, this is, this is, you know, time more and I'm not doing something. This is when I have meetings. This is, yeah, we, we don't, we, we, we don't are really organized about our calendars. Yeah. We don't, we don't really have that here. Well, you don't write down a lot of things. We write mm. down bottles. We write down nap times. We write down schedules. We write down, I mean, we're very helicoptery kind of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how many times June will come downstairs. I'll be like watching a show or like attempting to relax for like two minutes. And then she'll go and pick up Ford and be like, oh, 40. But then she'll just walk him right over to me and go, I have to cook dinner. (laughs) I have to make myself something to eat. Like, I was just relaxing. You're the one that picked up the baby. Why are you giving it to me? (laughs) Right. No, that makes, I mean, that makes sense. Um, But that happens a lot. And then, or like um, diapers, like I'm, I'm the diaper guy most of the Uh time. Um, I got her to change one the other day, and luckily it was a it was a pretty big poopy diaper for Ford, which is awesome. That's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. Is that I don't want Melissa to necessarily feel like, like, okay. So first off, the number one thing is that you and her both need to understand that there's value in what you're doing as the default. In terms of the of the like that being productive for your families, and it's a really really positive thing, and there's a connection that you have with your kids as a result of that. And oftentimes, the other person feels remiss later in life from not having that kind of connection. Right. Yeah. Um, that's number one. Number two, uh, it's it's more about communication. I think in how you approach after those types of situations happen the type of communication that you're that you're presenting to the other person should basically be very how do i say this like what you're saying to that person and how you're saying it to them and telling them how that situation made you feel and how you think that there might be a better way to handle that in the future that's really productive because you can still be default, but not be frustrated about being default. Yeah. I mean, I only get frustrated about it when, um, I don't know, like when I'm, I'm trying to do something else. Like I can't, uh, it's hard to get anything done around here. But that's, I mean, that's most parenting. And that's most Every single parent that's the default parent 
is feels that even more. Mm. I feel very productive. Melissa never feels productive. Yeah. I have the time where I'm not where she's hanging out with the kids. I'm doing things to be productive. So the question becomes is June being productive with the time that she is where where you're being default. That's the question. And your example was really crappy to be honest with you because her cooking dinner in most instances would be her cooking dinner for everybody in most familial situations. Mm -hmm. And that may not be that way in your house because everybody eats different things. Yeah. But in most situations, everybody's eating the same thing. So that person cooking dinner is also a productive thing for the family. Yeah. No, she's not, she's not cooking for everybody. She makes the kids breakfast in the morning. She does breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, we, uh, and she eats like, I, I swear to God, when we're home on like a Sunday, she's, she's eating like four or five meals a day. It's crazy. Um, but she, she doesn't, she doesn't eat the same thing as, as any of us. Breastfeeding will do that to you. Yeah. Well, if any of our listeners also feel like they're the default parent or any of our listeners feel like they don't want to become the default parent, um, one thing that has helped Melissa and I over the last few weeks has been to talk about it more and to talk about, you know, when the crappy feeling, because you don't mind most of the time you said, and I don't think Melissa minds most of the time, it's the times that you do care and where it does frustrate you. It's about identifying those types of times and making sure that you become aware before that happens so that, you know, like yesterday, Melissa was not upset about it because she had prepared her mind for that and she was okay with that. And she, and she knew what I was doing was valuable to the family and it was important. And it wasn't just me going to the movies and hanging out with friends or something like that. It, um, and so um, communication is key in this. And like most things, uh, when you're able to see it before it happens, then you can avoid it altogether. Yeah. And it's always, it's usually always at the end of uh, like a, like if I, you know, during the summer when I had my Saturdays and I was, I had the kids by myself and like it was just you know a crazy day of me trying to keep everybody under control mm-hmm. when you're frustrated or, or just exhausted and then something happens and that that's when it becomes a problem or if you have a particularly hard morning um especially like mornings after weddings when i just want to sleep for like an extra hour mm-hmm. um and i i can't ever do that that i start to get really frustrated and then yeah. Well, on um on a lighter note, um Halloween is soon. Yes, it is. And um have the do the kids have costumes? Are they going to go trick or treating? Is trick or treating canceled in your area? What's going on? I I mean, I haven't heard that it's canceled. What are you planning on doing? Um I mean, I think we're going to trick or treat and we want to show Paula what Halloween in America is. Um, I was more trying to figure out what I'm going to do about 
handing stuff out, mm-hmm. I think the suggestion has been made like having a table with just stuff laid out so you're not like handing stuff to people. Not really sure how big of a difference that makes. Mm-hmm. Well, you certainly don't want a bucket in front of your house. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. We, we, you need someone there to be watching, but also not handing it out. So, like, here, there's the table, guys. Grab one. Yeah. I um I saw something on Facebook recently. Did you see this thing? With the what, tubes? The blue bucket? Oh, no. I've, I've seen people with, like, like PVC pipes going down their stair, uh, the stairs from their front door to the, like the where the kids would be, and they like just drop it down oh, that's through a tube. That's a really good idea, actually. Yeah, if you have a staircase. Well, even if you didn't, you could still. It, it's you know, fun, but also, what is that really? What is that changing? How is that different than you handing them a piece of candy? Uh, true. Yeah, you're right. I mean, well, you're. It's not about the touching; it's about the breathing. It's keeping distant from uh, the yeah. breathing. Could be about the touching, also, though. What if you wiped your What if you wiped your your nose on your glove or something? Yeah, I see what you mean. There was one. Um, there was one like big, huge thing about the blue bucket and how. Um, kids with autism are supposed to carry like blue buckets um, to signify that you know they may be nonverbal. And there was this great, great, great post about how um, why do we need a blue bucket? Why can't why can't you know a kid just come to your door? And why do they got to say trick or treat and stop being an effing moron? And you know this, that, and the other thing. It was it was really funny. Um, um, also, I, I don't let's say something. I don't know if it's going to sound insensitive or not, but is trick or treating and going out like that? Is that like if, if you have a child that's like severely autistic or something? Is is that a good idea? Well, I think that I mean, just the, it seems like there's too many possible. Yeah, but there you can't control the sensory around them in that scenario. Well, there's a lot of situations like that, though, for a parent of somebody on the spectrum. Yeah, I know, but Halloween seems like it's it's heightened even more. It and like could the whole be. Point it depends like on where your child's sensitivity kids running is. around or, or houses scaring people, that kind of thing. It just seems... But again, it, that all depends on the level of, you know, where are they at on the spectrum. That's yeah, the I know. Yeah, I, I, so, I think that was part of what I said. Yeah. You know, I, I'm I'm agreeing with you. I, I, in part, the the purpose is to be as normal as possible. Right. Well, I mean, having a table with candy takes away the need for a kid to say trick or treat, anyways. That's that is true. Um, I will say, in the last issue of Parents Magazine, by the way, um, this is for the newbie parents. Um, there was an article that said uh, the early signs of autism. I don't know if we've ever really talked about this um, on the podcast, but um, the there's a little short blurb and it said most kids with autos- autism do not show signs of the condition in the first year of life. But if they do exhibit the following symptoms, you should tell your pediatrician. And it says at six months, your baby doesn't share a smile with you very often. Your baby may also make limited eye contact. At nine months, your baby is not following your gaze or babbling with you in a back-and-forth fashion and will engage only rarely with you 
by trading facial expressions or smiles. And at 12 months, your baby doesn't gesture much, pointing, waving, or playing imitative games like pat a cake. Uh, you may also find that they have little to no awareness of or response to their name. So um, there's one thing that I did in the last several years for an organization called Tiger Prep. It's a local organization that um, prepares uh, children that are on the spectrum uh, for life skills and uh, transitioning into, um, you know, everyday kind of jobs. And uh, it was a great event that they put on. I was able to photograph it. And uh, those types of organizations are so important. And um, as parents of children that, as far as I know, don't have autism, um, I think it's just as important to give an understanding to your children that, um, you know, race is important and there's no differences in who you are because of the color of your skin, but there's also um, the same kind of concepts for children that are on the spectrum because they're going to encounter those kinds of children also. I'll get off my podium. Sound like you're on a podium. Sound like you're given information. And an opinion. Was it? I don't know. Oh, I didn't hear it. <laughs> what else you got? What time is it? How does Quinn do with her uh, teeth brushing, by the way? <laughs> nobody can nobody can see your face right now, right now Eric. Right. But Eric gave quite the the uh, the uh, uh, kind of face. Uh, we'll have to work on that. She actually, when she sees like uh, if Bo happens to be brushing, mm -hmm. it's it's very much like books. So, like I can't read her book because she just grabs it out of your hand. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like brushing, like, I can't brush for her. She grabs it and then puts it in her mouth and, and moves it around a little bit. But I mean, I have to try and like also get my hand on it and and make sure that it's actually brushing places. Um, but also, it, we need to do better about actually getting to that point even. Well, I can um, tell you that there are a few toothbrushes that may help. I don't know what kind of toothbrush you're using. but We have a few different yeah. kinds. Yeah. Um, there was one thing that I saw on Facebook the other day that was all about um, you know, defeating the cavity monsters in your mouth. Yeah. And making kind of a game of the whole thing. I think that might work for Bo. Not sure about Quinn. They actually don't mind. It was when we switched Bo from uh, from like little kid toothpaste to like actual toothpaste that we started to have a problem because he could swallow the other stuff no problem, and he's like he was looking looked forward to it because it was almost like a like a treat for him because he just like suck on the toothbrush. But then when we went to the dentist they gave him the real stuff and they told him, you know, you have to spit and all this. And then they gave us some real stuff to use on him. Um, Wait, when did you take your kids to the dentist? Should I have done that? Bo went earlier this year. Did Quinn go? No, not yet. Bo went because I thought he needed it to get registered for city preschool. But that was before I realized that we would never be able to register him because it would be too when busy. Take my kid to the dentist. Um, they say during the first year, if you shit, I am yeah. a year behind, dude. I mean, that was Bo's first trip to the dentist was this year. 
Oh my lord, I am horrible. What? What? Yeah, I'm doing something. There you go. <laughs> I told her I'm recording at nine with Dustin. She's working out right now. Ford's crying, so she yells into me. Ford. Ford. So good topic today, Dustin. Well, you know, you have to you have to communicate about that. That's your responsibility now to talk about that afterwards and you know, work through that. That's the only way that, you know, relationships are a constant work in progress. So Sure. Um, do you have a uh, a book? Wait, I have one more question for you. Am oh, I already wrapped up on time? Oh, I'm going to get yelled at. Oh, okay. I'll have a book. Ready? What was, what was the question? No, go ahead. No, I'll okay. see if I want to answer it. Oh, it was about, um, it was along the same lines of the toothbrushing is like, do your kids do um, like any sort of like activity time, like art projects or anything like that? Um, they, they do some stuff with Paula and Bo does it preschool. Um, let's get to your book. Okay. <laughs> oh, I still haven't changed my sound effects back. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I was just getting the lightsaber. Okay. Uh, not a big deal. Oh, books and looks. <laughs> um, so today's book um, is all about the cows. And uh, it's a book called Moo Ba La La La. And it's written by Sandra Boynton. And uh, recently, uh, Mateo celebrated his second birthday, as all of you know. And we got to go to Lake Farm Park, which is a big uh, place that I used to go to as a kid um, and milked the cows and, and, and petted the goats. Now, you can't do all that because of COVID, but he still got to see the tractors. He got to sit on a big old antique tractor a few times. Um, they had several different types of those. There was a corn maze. It was amazing. This board book is $3.47 on Amazon um, and just awesome. Um, anyway. Um, it's got a cow, it's got a sheep, it's got the pigs, it's got everything a kid wants to see uh, when learning about animals. And um, I have to say, when it comes to Sandra Boyton, uh, I, if I had to peg her for a job in life, it would be an author. Based on what she looks like? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Faux show. Got it. Anything else, Eric? No, that's it. This puts us uh, like an hour with the other portion. Um, awesome. John, John in the patron group had a question, but we'll hit that that next week because he's got some time before he actually needs an answer, and he's not due until March. Okay. Um, Put a pin in it. That's it. As they say. Okay, well, that's all for us here tonight at New Dad, Newer Dad. Uh, join us next time when we have more delightful topics and you know what they say Eric be a dad be a real dad read a book to your kids I gotta go be I gotta go be default good night bye <laughs>